seven, six, five, four, three, two, one. You'll never have me, Sacred Stone. <laughs> oh, this you crazy mother... Welcome, friends, to episode 179 of Color of Magic, your magic and gaming podcast where we talk about all types of issues that affect gamers at and away from their gaming tables and computers. I am your host, Jaquan Watson, and for 179 episodes, still have my main man who's excited his team has a real quarterback, Brian Allen. How's it going, dude? I, I am, in fact, very excited about that. We could just, if we had, just, I think if we had Derek Carr last year, we probably, probably last two years, we possibly make the playoffs, so. That that might be true, honestly. I can't even argue with that. <laughs> if, Plus, especially that two is, years ago. Yeah. Like that that's real. Of course, a lot of that is because, you know, our division is god awful. But hey, we Hey, you can, somebody's gotta win. You can only play who's <laughs> on your schedule. <laughs> that's exactly it. Oh man. Yeah, I don't know. It's been if you're into sports ball, uh I would say the NBA three weeks ago was crazy. And as of two days ago, the NFL started getting crazy. So there is a lot to talk about there. I, we need a whole separate podcast just to talk sports right. ball, man. And of course, like, you know, March Madness firing up. So. Yeah, like it, it is a Best crazy, of luck crazy to y'all crazy. in your uh, pools if you do that. Man, I didn't even fill out a bracket this year. Like this is the first time I can remember where I haven't. I have not uh, done a bracket because I do top shots and prize picks. If anybody on my Twitter, and yeah, Twitter is still apparently in existence. If I if I see anything that looks good, oh, you know, possibly lay yeah. a little something, something. I don't know if people were in my Discord and they really wanted to do one. I might like round up some people and we'll just see who gets the most picks right or something the rest of the way. But yeah, I, I didn't have one this year. And the wildest thing is, even though I am huge into sports ball and, you know, a sports writer, I'm as bad as anybody that, that you know, that feels like a bracket about, I don't actually watch college basketball until now. <laughs> Dude, there's a lot of people, though, that don't watch sports until it's playoff time for that sport. Like, that is a very common thing, which is interesting, but I kind of get it because I've done that even with stuff like soccer and hockey or whatever at times. So, like, I'm equally as guilty. Well, NBA especially, NBA and baseball, I say this is huge fans of both of those sports. There are so many games. Baseball's rough, man, because there's like some days where you got like double and triple headers and like you got to know yeah. rotations of guys to even know yeah. if the dudes you want to watch are going to be playing. Uh, like, like, there, There's a lot involved. It's the whole reason I don't do fantasy baseball anymore. Yeah. It's, and I read an excellent piece on Yahoo talking about they basically uh, the the, uh, the 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 author of the article talked to his eleven year old nephew and it was a perfect explanation of what baseball's problem is. Right, the the kid is a huge fan. He actually plays little league baseball, but he doesn't watch <laughs> watch uh, professional baseball because it's, baseball is fun to, for me to play, but it's not fun for me to watch. Oh yeah, they've done a lot. Like the changes this year definitely are going to help them out. Like they understood that they've been falling so far behind the other sports for that very reason. Plus the NFL kind of has a cheat code because you only have to watch your team one day a week, right? Like you tune in, you know, everybody's going to play. You have all the news leading up knowing who's starting, who's not, whatever your game's done. You don't have to worry about your team for another four to seven days. And plus humanity has a, what at this point, 10,000 year tradition of supporting blood sport. Also true. Also <laughs> just, true. You know, it, the <laughs> NFL is sadly, it's our claim. I say this as a fan, 
it is our closest descendant from gladiators and you know feeding people the lions really you just need is. somebody in the coliseum with the thumbs down whenever yeah. time to take out a quarterback <laughs> mma also shares some of that same where we just there's something <laughs> something in a large percentage of humanity where we just like watching a dude get knocked the f out <laughs> it is what it is sad but true so we got a lot of stuff to cover this week because, man, it was uh, whew, some weeks we're like, ah, we don't have that many topics. This week we had quite a few. But before we get into them, pay some love to our friends over at Cardsphere.com. Great supporters of our show. Great supporters of several Magic content creators. And it's actually a really cool site. Matter of fact, you can name your price to get whatever card you want on there. They have a bunch available. And truthfully, I just got like four letters in the mail this week because I decided I wanted to fill out some commander decks or change some stuff up. And I went and looked for some cheap options, put them in there. And I got, I don't know, I think I spent a total of like 50 bucks and got a pile of cards. So yeah, you can totally go do that on there. Go check them out over at cardsphere.com. And if you want to support the show directly, we do have some options. You can go to patreon.com slash color of magic and you can get a shout out just like Salazar Raz. So thank you for being a supporter over there. And if you want to get some merchandise and support us, you can go to colorofmtg.com slash shop. All right, let's hop into the uh, soapbox. This is a week where we we do have some real things to soapbox on. Now, I will admit that sometimes we do the soapbox, and it's not so soapboxy. Sometimes we just want to make a point. Sometimes we just want to praise something. It's not even a complaint. This time, we just want to tell some people, how do I put this? nicely how about just shut the hell up (laughs) (laughs) we got people out here now by the way if you didn't see it and we're going to talk about this later in the show but there was a first look stream for lord of the rings that wizards of the coast did on tuesday and they showed a bunch of different stuff some things that were really exciting to talk about like i said we're going to cover that but the thing that has got probably the second most chatter out of that the other thing is a big thing we'll talk about but the second most popular thing is the fact that there's a piece of artwork which i guess now is magic lord of the rings canon i guess that aragorn is black and oh my god people are like you talk about having your underwear in a bunch (laughs) people are losing their mind over this now fortunately i will say I've apparently cultivated a good community of folks because none of those are directly on my timeline. Like I'm seeing from other people sharing or complaints they're getting in their communities or whatever. So thank y'all for that. Like we've cultivated some rational people. And to be honest, it's a very nice looking piece of artwork. Like it really is. And a bunch of people that are super fans were still excited about it. But there is a point here that I don't think I've seen anybody bring up. And when you have one of these big legacy licenses, you know, where there's a whole company backing it with, with family involved and all this stuff, you usually have to run stuff like that through them. So if Wizards of the Coast worked with artists and said, hey, here's what we're thinking of doing. Here's the depiction the artist wants to do. Are we good? There's no way they did that. And the Lord of the Rings licensers didn't sign off on that. Right, they are notoriously fastidious, as they should be, because they oh, yeah. are the keepers of 
one of the most profitable IPs in the known universe. Dude, I think I told you when we tr- I was working with a company, we were trying to make a game for for Godzilla. And the fact that if you even change the text on something, if you want to use an image on a different card, even though you've already had the image approved, like everything had to be checked off and signed off on. So there's like no way they didn't know this was a thing. So you can't be like, oh, well, in the book, it says that blah, blah, and he stands this way and he's got pale skin or whatever. The people who own it okayed it. So like if you're going to be mad at anybody, be mad at them. But they're the ones who own it and said, like, no, we're good with this. Because they know that those books were lily white. Yeah. And that's I, why if you watch the new uh, Amazon TV show, same thing. They said, oh, crap, we actually need to put a few people of color in here. Well, I remember when, God, this is forever ago, when the first of the Lord of the Rings trilogy was coming out. And there was talk about how, how all these actors in Hollywood, like everybody turned up to read for these roles, right? Everybody wanted to be in the movie. And I remember thinking, because I saw the list of people, and there were some of them were black, Hispanic, whatever, but they were all still fans and influenced by it or whatever and read for these parts. And I remember there being discussion about how different roles were possibly going to have more people of color. We ended up, I guess, with zero. Right. <laughs> but, but that was a discussion initially. That with all these amazing actors and everything else, like, well, we maybe we should. You know, now they didn't pull the trigger because you probably, in this case, kind of the same thing. You can only really do it with humans. I mean, you can do it with the others possibly, and it'd have been fine, but it's easier, I think, to justify with humans. I mean, elves could have, I think they're now in the the TV show. There are some elves of color. And And I think that's kind of over time, that's become more of like, yeah, this is fine to do. You know, I I do cut them a little bit of slack in the very beginning because this was going to be the first real depiction of these stories. There are also, you know, lots of like, for example, Skyrim depicts elves and they actually have, you know, dark elves and they are darker complexed. Yeah, the problem, though, is we had like traditional D&D stuff where the dark elves are the bad guys. Yeah. Right. That's kind of was always a constant thing. And like, hell, even in Lord of the Rings the dark things are the bad guys right you know what i mean yeah. like like that was kind of the thing that they wanted to get away from so i understand not that. only evil but you know but they lack any distinguishing character it's just a horde yeah of just of just a, a gigantic army of people that you can't they all look almost exactly alike like you said they're all evil apparently so i kind of get that right if you are part of the the ownership of the legacy brand you're like hey there are some things we would like to change there are some things we think need to be updated. Like, the world is different. Hell, honestly, there was a point in time where a lot of, overwhelmingly, I would say, the people that consumed fantasy material were white. But culturally, things have changed since then. Right? Like, we've both talked about it. Like, we were the only ones in our family for multiple generations, probably, that, that right. cared about any of this crap. Right. But that's not the case anymore. Now I've got like nephews that'll ask me questions or whatever. Mm -hmm. Now, that wasn't a thing before. And you can understand how if your entire fan base has, you know, no color in it. No, it doesn't occur to you when you're writing the books. But it's not that way anymore. Yeah. And and let's be real. Again, this part of this comes back to whether we want to admit it or not. Like. If you have more people that can relate to your product and are interested in your product, you get to make more money. Right. At the end of the day. 
Because there is a point, and and it's it's probably hard to understand if you are a white person who's always seen yourself in every product you've ever been interested in. But think about how you feel when you watch a telenovela, right? Or a Korean drama or something, right? Like when you don't see people that look like you, even though you can understand the language, maybe because there's subtitles or maybe it's just performed that way, but it's in English or whatever. Like, so the language barrier isn't a thing. It's just people don't look like you. You might feel a little weird, even though you think the story's interesting or whatever, right? And you have that question of like, well, is this for me? Should I be watching it? You know, whatever. Like, imagine people going through that with everything they're reading because they happen to be fantasy fans or comic fans or whatever reading everything they're watching yeah for 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 decades every video game they played and there's just board games yeah exactly even board games right and in board games a lot of times not only there are people of color but they are the people they are the tokens that get moved off the board as the settlers come in and wipe everybody out and I think Which that's absolutely thing, is right? historical, but why do you as a person of color necessarily want to sit around and play that game? You know? Well, yeah. And that's why I tell people, like, think about yourself when you watch other things that aren't full of people that look like you. How does that make you feel? Like, what questions do you ask yourself? Right. And again, take the language barrier away. Just like, hell, I, if you're a white person and you watch Tyler Perry dramas. Like, how do you feel at times when certain subjects come up or, you know, certain things are going on in a scene that you're not sure you get or relate to or whatever, all that stuff. But apply that to literally, hell, 80% of the stuff you would consume. And there's no one that looks like you. Or if it's a Tyler Perry movie and the only white people in it are Larry the Cable Guy going full Larry the Cable Guy and playing the most embarrassing and uncouth stereotype of your race that can be portrayed in media that is fair that is because there's a lot of there's a lot of actors and actresses that tell you like they went and read for a role for the set didn't get it but then got offered like thug number one right (laughs) right like like yeah that happened little jackson's talked about how you know for the first 10 years of career it's like page three black man dying you know yep (laughs) And you're happy to take that role because it's the only work you can get as an actor. But yeah, so when we're talking about Lord of the Rings, again, the estate, the company, whatever you want to call them, had to sign off on this. So this isn't like Wizards and the Artist just made a decision. I Because I saw a second piece of art where they have Aragorn depicted. So it's like, this wasn't just a one-off from that artist. Right? This is the direction they actively decided to go. And multiple people had to be involved in that decision. This wasn't just, hey, we're changing this for the sake of diversity. Like, somebody made a real thoughtful decision on this. But at the end of the day, it also doesn't change the product. Right? We're not talking about something that has factual accuracy that we're trying to change. It's a fantasy item for which nothing about this story changes. Whether that character is white, black, Asian, Indian, Native American, whatever. Like... The story is exactly the same. Now, if we decided that for whatever reason we were going to change the background 
and that changed the story. And went, okay, now I could kind of see having a problem. Because then we didn't just change the, the color of the character. We changed everything about the character, right? Now that's a bigger issue. But we're just talking about here in artwork, man. Like, just so somebody can say, like, oh, hey, there's a character that looks like me on these cards, and it's a pretty cool-looking card. And it looks like fun to play. Like, that's a good thing. Because, again, you want your game to continue, right? I, I yep. hope we all want, you know, like my children and maybe someday my grandchildren to be able to still be playing Magic. And if you'd like to see that happen at some point, you're going you know, to, I, I hate to <laughs> hate to be the bearer of what I'm sure for some people is going to be bad news. But, yeah, our, our, our cultures are changing. <laughs> There's just more diversity is get people are, you know, there's just more of us coming. Sorry. <laughs> just, just never show this. Yeah, I, I just don't understand. Because again, if I like a thing and I want there to be more of a thing, then I need more people to enjoy it. So there's more reason to make more things. The company makes more money. And we can continue on with it. This is going to go a long way toward that effort. I mean, the fact that for every person I've seen complaining about it, because, you know, the way social media works, people that are friends of friends see comments or whatever. There's people that only play Magic. They're like, oh, that artwork looks really cool. What is that? You know, or that looks really sweet. Or make, oh, man, I never thought about Aragorn looking like that or whatever. So for every person who's trying to be upset, there's multiple other people that are super excited about it. So it's doing what it's supposed to do. Even if you wanted to say, well, they're just doing this for PR or whatever. Like, you know what? It's working. <laughs> right. and, and people talk about PR like it's bad. Yeah, I'm like it's doing the job it's supposed to do. We we're talking, you know, a pre-show about a couple of games, you know, that we've talked about on the podcast, like well, Midnight Suns, for example, where we wish it had, had more PR, more people would have played it. It's in the bargain bin now and considered to be at this point a financial failure because for some reason they just really didn't bother to advertise it all that much. Yeah, that's true. Hell, make make a black Ghost Rider or something, so people would have something to talk about. <laughs> uh, Ghost Rider actually is Hispanic now, but they that is true. again they you know for for this particular game they really didn't tell anybody. So like you know do something like that, get people to talk about it, whatever. But I don't know. I, this seems of all the things to be bothered by or whatever. It's you know this comes and I talk, mentioned this on Twitter again, but these are the same people that wanted to hit me up and send me messages and stuff about, oh, well, you may not want to mention Snoop Dogg too much so you don't come off too urban and alienate your viewers. Like, bruh. You're like, yeah, I'm happy to alienate you because you sound, <laughs> you sound no. a little racist. Well, yeah, you sound a little racist. But my other thing was, it wasn't like I was talking about, like, DJ I was literally mentioning him and Martha Stewart having a TV show. I'm like, if that's too urban for you, like, which, by the way, the only way you would call Snoop Dogg truly just urban at this point is if you know nothing about pop culture. Right. Because he's doing shows it, with Martha Stewart. He's doing. Yeah, everybody's got a TV show with Martha Stewart is not too dude, urban. Dude, he coaches Pee Wee League football. Right. Like, the dude's got, like, a, a reality show or whatever. Like, come on. Like, but these are the people out here that, like, anything that's different in their space, they got to call it out. And it's like, come on. like, And it's also weird that even if you follow me and you support me, whatever, and then you're afraid I'm going to say something urban. Like, newsflash, that's going to happen. 
right? <laughs> like, like I don't know if you noticed. Yeah, like that, that's that's going to Negroes. <laughs> no, on this show we've talked about stuff from the ancestors. Shoot, like right? you, you know that's going to come up. I so. w- I mean I wouldn't want to watch or listen to a show where people don't feel comfortable sharing their culture, you know, or their favorite hobbies with me. Well, exactly. You know, like I and- like having a diverse group of people. Well, one in my friend group, but like right? that I even follow on socials because that's how I learn things. Literally, like other cultures, languages, yes. stuff about different religions or whatever that I wouldn't know otherwise because I'm not in those spaces. So, like, why would what, I not? What did we learn is not just a, a podcast topic. We actually actively try to learn things every day and recommend that you do, too. Yeah, for sure. All right, I'm going to get off my high horse and I'm, I'm going to pass this over to you. All right, uh, this one, is, as we said this week, yeah, we are. <laughs> we are riled up this week. It's a thing that I've seen and I've encountered for decades. I just found out what the term for it was. And you may have heard the term trauma Olympics where, you know, you talk about uh. Well, have you seen the new Netflix movie, You People, about uh, about a black woman that falls in love with a, a Jewish man and how yes, the whole culture clash? I did watch that. Yeah. With Eddie Murphy in it. Yep. And yeah. it's got Eddie Murphy, uh, Jonah Hill, Lauren London, Neil Long. Great cast. Uh, it's by Kenya Barris, so, you know, creator of Blackish. So, yeah, one of our favorite creators. And there's a scene in there where they start doing the whole, you know, who had it worse? Jewish people oh, or black people? A dinner table scene? Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. For sure. <laughs> and that that really is a thing that, that happens in, in in culture. Just it's it's mind-boggling. But and, and also we've talked about it also pertains to, you know, every time I, you know, we, we talk about how the things racists say, I, I'm not racist, but one of the most popular things for racists to say alongside I'm not racist, but is well, you know, so and so insert ethnic group or you know cultural group ha- had it just as bad as the slaves. No, stop! I don't know where you're going with this, but stop it! You're not helping. Again, trauma is not a competition, dude. You know what? This is like I don't know why I just thought of this, but as adults, people try to make this okay. But you know what? It really is. It's like. When you were growing up and you're in junior high, high school, and there's always that kid that's got to like one up everything. Right. It's that, right? Like when you're like, yeah. ah, it sucks, man. My parents wouldn't let me, I don't know, go to the movies this weekend. Well, you know what? My parents grounded me for this and whatever. Like, okay, dude, cool. Okay, both of our parents grounded us. That's awesome. Right? Like we, yeah. we both had a crappy thing happen. Thanks. I'm, I'm trying to explain something here. Yeah. Just whatever happened to you, like some way worse. Happened to them, and that's what it, and especially when you try to do that to an entire culture, just basically don't. <laughs> that is what I'm trying to. And, and it also ties into where, hey, you know, like, why, why, why can y'all say the N word and we can't? Why do you want to so bad? Why do you need to? Just what, <laughs> what do you gain by getting to drop the, what kind of achievement are you attempting to unlock? <laughs> Yeah, it, uh, I get you. Dolly Parton's sister just dropped the why can't you know why can't I say the n word again? Every time somebody says I can't, why do you want to? What is 
Why is it so important to you? Why do you need to? You know, just By the way, Dolly Parton, she's got to make it hard for people that are racist to like support it because you know they they love her and they want to, but like she's she's been down from day one, right? <laughs> like she's donated money to like underprivileged schools. She stood up for a bunch of hell. Just the other day, I saw her post something about how well I dress all provocative and this, that, and the other more so than any drag queen I've ever seen. So I guess they're gonna start outlawing me too. And like she, she's she's on it, man. Like, it's like I, I don't know if her and her sister didn't grow up in the same house, or or, or, or I don't know because <laughs> Dolly I, I, is a treasure. Her, her sister went full. I'm not racist, but dude, on her sister. Real talk. Like, if you met my brother, you would not know we're related. We are a completely different mentality. Like you, like he just one of those people that like comes off like the world owes him something and blah blah. He's you know one of those guys totally different and how we approach life, how we view things that happen to us, whatever. Grew up in the same house, same parents at home, whatever, but like just completely different people. Wild. But yeah, Which I don't is, know. To, like, to, to the original point, you know, trauma is not a competition. If we want to, to get somewhere, we got to you know, be able to, 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 to empathize and understand you in a way. It's not like, Oh, you know, my particular ethnic group had it worse than your group. Or just as bad as this, that's really not what it's and it's not, and I'm talking about culturally, but like because it's also that person like you know my house burned down. Oh yeah, you know such and such happened. Okay, we were you know yeah, like let's help the person whose house burned down. Like it, it, it's basically also how you sound when you say all lives matter. Yeah, but we were talking about black people right now because a black person just got shot by a cop. Well, it's the same thing. Like okay, well okay, we we want to help cure breast cancer somebody's like oh yep. well emphysema sucks too well yeah that but yeah, right but now this is a breast cancer rally yeah <laughs> you like, know, we, we're we a fundraiser it. yes all cancer is bad we agree but like we're attacking the problem that's the issue right here right now yeah that that's yeah. how you sound when, when you come up with all lives matter dude you know no what is disagreeing but we're saying you know like i've seen a uh, car- political cartoon where somebody's you know Somebody's putting water on a fire, and somebody's standing there going, "All houses matter." Yeah, but this is the one that's on fire right now. Yeah. Do you remember when Peyton Manning was on Saturday Night Live? They had a skit just like that, where he was the one-up guy. Uh, I don't think I saw that. Oh, dude, it's brilliant. Because literally everybody watching that probably went, "Oh man, I could relate to this so much." Like I know somebody like that, right? It's one of those things where like. It's it's that political commentary that's not political commentary. Yeah. If oh, if you're not paying attention, you know, like it's it's that type of thing. Hayden is one of the best celebrity guest hosts ever. Well, dude, he's good at making fun of himself. Was that the same episode? I don't know how many times he's hosted. But was that the same one where they had the the sketch where he's playing with the the underprivileged kids? Uh, and, he, and he's maybe. being a total a hole. I think it's the whole twice. Yeah, yeah. And, what and the whole thing was sketched like you should play with your kids. So Peyton Manning doesn't yeah, play with exactly your what you're kids. talking about. Like, but yeah, I, I'm with you. I think when when somebody's talking about a traumatic issue or trying to explain a thing that's happened to them, just hear them out, right? Like, yeah. yes, crappy things happen to all of us. That's sadly living life. But some people are having really bad things go down for them and offer support and help them out. Right. Don't try to get more attention. Right. I'm like, cause that just makes you look worse. It's terrible. As TV dad says, it's not a competition. <laughs> yep. It's not a competition. 
All right, let's talk about what we learned this week. Because, man, there is quite a few things that we could have added this week. But I think we have some good ones to share. What you got, Brian? Yes, since we were were talking about learning, there apparently have have been some studies done where uh, they say for for the first time in, I guess, about a century, IQ tests are starting to prove that uh, as, as a nation, America seems to be getting dumber. It's uh, from a group of psychologists, two from Northwestern and one from the University of Oregon. And they did some, you know, well, some IQ testing and again, compared the results to historical results. And according again to their <laughs> to, to their research, we for the first time in about a century. Yeah, we we collectively as a as a nation and this is the Sadly, the steepest declines were among young people. So they were thinking of something going on. or Well, it's no coincidence, I don't think, that we see people actively trying to ban. Hey, like, yeah, don't talk about black history. Yeah, okay, but it's still uh, American history is American history. So, so black people invented things. <laughs> so black people held, and not just black people, some Hispanic, you can't teach the entire thing without teaching everybody's culture and then you see these sketches where like somebody like jay leto goes around and just will ask people so when was the war of 1812 oh i don't know just just if you had to guess you know when do you think the war of 1812 might have taken place i'm not good at history (laughs) dude it's crazy to even think about because i saw of course because of other things we've already talked about today like i saw somebody post well well, it's not like Africans even invented anything or whatever. And it's like, you do know they trace like the origins of math back to Africa, right? Like, right. That's, that's a thing, right? The traffic light, for example, who was patented by a black man. No, there's tons of stuff. Like, but yeah, it's, it doesn't surprise me because I had this discussion with somebody, man, when was this? this was a while ago, probably like five years ago. And I was trying to explain to them because one, I was making a point. That they were trying, because basically, if you're not in the U.S. and you're not one of the like, you know, you're not Great Britain, you're not China, whatever, people just assume it's third world, right? So I started showing them pictures of places in Africa because they, I, you know, people think Africa is all just Serengeti or whatever. Yeah. And they're like, oh, those are beautiful. Where are those? And I'm like pointing to them on a map and going like, this is right here. This is right here. This is right. People forget that like Egypt, Cairo, blah, blah. Those are all over there. <laughs> right? Like. And we've known for a while now that the average high school age student graduating in Africa is scoring higher on tests than Americans. And that's been a thing for more than like 12, 13 years now. Yeah. It's like we've been behind countries that we don't give full respect to. So it's like, yeah, it doesn't surprise. And look at the fact of like we're underpaying teachers. Teachers Mm -hmm. have basically parents and legislators can tell teachers what to do now. And like they don't. Get to teach it. We're anything. we're almost back to burning books. I mean, well, that's really if what. They even, if they even have updated books, right? There's a bunch they, of they fight so hard to get new books and new textbooks. They also don't have to go through like, oh, this this is perpetuating. You know, this is talk about gay culture again. I, I, while you may not like it. Gay people do exist. No. You're gonna have to learn. We have kids. <laughs> Kids that can't graduate or can't even come to school because they can't, you know, because they're behind on their lunch debt or whatever. Right. Like, we have all kinds of dumb things. Like, of course, we have kids that aren't doing as well. 
Like what what would what in our education system currently makes you think that we would be one succeeding, but two, you know, outperforming other people? You you can you know people uh, especially on the right side of the aisle hate it, but that great scene from the newsroom where the report they asked the reporter why is America the greatest country on earth? He just well you know really it's not, and yep. then goes off for about ten minutes talking about how we rank so badly in terms of math science. What about freedom? Canada is free. <laughs> Mexico is free. free. Yeah. yeah I mean, <laughs> We talk about freedom like we are the only country that has it. But no, nothing and, he said there was wrong, though. And depending on where you live and what the color of your skin is like, you you may not enjoy all the same freedoms that other people do. Sad but true. And yeah, in, terms of, in terms of categories, they said that, uh, spatial reasoning, thank God, actually has gone up. And it's better than previous generations. But some of the skills that have gone down measurably are problem solving, numerical series assessments, and lo and behold, verbal reasoning has gotten worse. I think anybody that's been on social media, regardless of probably what side of the aisle you're on, would say you agree with that. Yeah. <laughs> you can yeah. probably agree with it for different reasons. Yeah. Like I can't even remotely dispute that. But think about the think think back to Thanksgiving when you might have had a political argument around the table, and how quickly did it go from facts and numbers, if it ever started with facts and numbers, to neener neener neener? <laughs> you're a liberal, or you know, you're a Trump. Just how quick did we go to that? I just think at the end of the day, we all have to stop thinking about things as just being better than somebody else. Right. That's where so much of the breakdown comes in. You know, it's not, well, my team's better. I'm better than you. Our country's better than yours. It's just like, no, let's just try to have a good life and help make everybody better. You know, because, you know, while we may root, as you said, root for a particular team, I think we can all agree that, yeah, our government is, there are just it's so much that is not getting done. So many th- gaps. And uh, we were talking about how, you know, people are blasted. Mr. Beast, for why is he talking about you know helping blind people? Well, it's not his fault that our country, its healthcare system, is not set up to be able to help. Yes, yes, our country should have done it. They didn't. Mr. Beast had to. Yeah, that's where we are. I well, remember when when me and you were growing up. I don't remember anybody seriously trying to argue that the Earth was flat. No, no. If they did, they'd be laughed out of even a middle school classroom. Yet now, if you bring it up in a a group of adults, you pull 30 adults to the side, it's not uncommon to find one or two who say, yeah, that whole flat earth thing, it makes a lot of sense. My problem is you have rich people that are telling you they believe it. They have the money. It's easily provable if it's true. Yet they're not doing it. Like, that's it. Like, that's the end of the argument. And some people are doing it just because they know it's what their audience wants to hear. Now, I will say this. This is kind of still on topic of being dumb people. But I don't know if you've seen there's a meme that's going around. But it's you have to survive one of these things for 30 minutes. And I believe to win like a million dollars. And it's a bear, a tiger, a hippo and an alligator. The alarming number of people that have said a hippo, 
have no clue about how the animal <laughs> kingdom works. Because, man, hippos, like, here's the thing. I have a bunch of friends and family that are, like, zookeepers or animal history or animal-related jobs. And all of them, 100%, tell you, you just don't jack with a hippo. Right? Like, 100%. Or, like, whatever you pick can't be the hippo. Like so, that's the, the the pretty much consensus wrong answer of yeah. the one. So if every person who deals with animals tells you, "Hell no, you're not picking the hippo," like that tells you how dangerous hippos are. Hell, the fact that hippos kill 500 people a year, and an overwhelmingly large part of the world doesn't even have hippos, right? Like, I mean, think about that. Like, I mean, I would, you and I are both, what, about four or five continents away from the nearest hippo? Yeah, we're in places where there's bears, there's alligators, whatever. And those things are, appear everywhere. And they barely I'm have I'm from like, Louisiana. I've eaten alligators. Yeah. So I know alligators, that's my pick. And think about <laughs> that. They barely have double the kills of a hippo. That's a, I'm talking about, they're. It is not hard at all to find a restaurant in my hometown where alligator is on the menu. It's not as bad as you know what movies make it look like, but yeah, I wouldn't. Have, it wouldn't take me thirty minutes to find somebody serving alligator. Dude, I'm not here's lie. the thing about a hippo. Like I watched a video with four lionesses trying to take down a hippo, and it was just walking toward the water, crushing right. their heads or whatever. Like nothing. Like if four lions, it's like John Cena in the Royal Rumble, yeah. just, just walking through. I'm like, if four lions can't take a hippo, what makes you think I even with a gun, I'm not sure I could take a hippo. And not just for what it was 30 minutes, right? Yeah, like no way. Ain't no way. You can't you can't shoot it in the fight. Like, nah, you gotta last in 30 minutes remaining in this match. Yep, ain't no way. Ain't no way. Like, you know, and I told you a really easy answer is the the alligator. Like yeah. that to me is like. Because the others can, one, just one-shot you easy, and they can run you down. Right? That's the other problem. You also have the thing of, like, bears and tigers can climb trees and stuff. Like, whatever. So, like, no, I'm just taking the alligator. Plus, if I have a weapon, I know I can handle an alligator. Like, I don't know that I could handle, like, a bear or or a hippo or something. Right. (laughs) Like, And even if I hit them, they still might take me out on the way out. Also, bears have, you know, different, or did they, speci- I forgot, did they specify which breed of bear it was? I don't remember, honestly. I just remember being a bear. Because there are some, and my son would know exactly, but there, there are some bears, you know, if you don't bother them, they won't bother you. There, there's also, though, the other one, where it was a whole list of animals, and they were in different quantities. But one of them, it was like, you had to choose two to defend you and one to attack you. And one of the things on the list is 10,000 rats. And again, every animal person I talked to was like, well, obviously you just take the 10,000 rats and something. Like, and there was arguments on like what the something could be, but like you always take the 10,000 rats. Like one, because if you don't, then you got to deal with 10,000 rats, right? Like that's 10,000 of almost anything is going to be bad. And rats are not necessarily small. I mean, you know, you're talking about eight to 12 inch animal that's probably about a pound, you know, pound and a half, maybe if they're big, like. That's a lot. That's a lot of weight. That's a lot of fights. You talk about death by a thousand cuts. It's time (laughs) for yet another fun story from Brian's uh, journalism career. Okay, go for it. There's a restaurant in Shreveport. I I, I don't think it's open anymore, but I won't say the name. But yeah, they... uh, 
they uh, had a had a health issue where uh, police ended up being called to the restaurant really like at two or three a.m. one night because one of the rats was so big it had quite literally set off the motion sensor in the place's burglar alarm. Oh no! <laughs> and it wasn't the only rat that. So when they kicked the door open, they found the what was left of the buffet just multiple rats, basically the size of small dogs. Oh no! Mm-mm. Yeah. A funny story, a funny other part of the story. That was my journalism professor, my advisor, his favorite restaurant. And when they opened it three, four weeks later, he went right back. We're all like, Dr. Nolan, what are you doing? <laughs> oh, you know, they, they they got inspected. It's the cleanest place in town now. We're not, nobody else is taking that bet. Hell, Come on, I'm lying. Wrong, though, after that, you probably have to get cleaned up before you get to open. But you got to... <laughs> I'm like, you got one time to fail your health evaluation. I don't ever eat there again. I'm sorry. That's a, as far as I'm concerned, your health, your uh, restaurant health evaluation, that's a one strike and you're out policy. Man, I ain't gonna lie. I know I've eaten at some like shady, dusty places. Oh, yeah. I mean, I've, I know if they were to get inspected, would not pass. Right. But yeah, <laughs> if that's what the group picks and everybody's eating there and well, you know, I'm not driving and I, I got to eat, like I'm sure I've got oh, But I ain't gonna lie. A lot of those places have some bomb ass food. Right. Like, hey, for real. For, forget about eating there. I do murder mysteries. I've probably done dinner theater in some of those places. That's also true. H- had to choke down the food to lose questionable and then do it, do three acts. <laughs> oh, man. All right. So we've rambled a bit, but we do have some actual real news topics to cover because there was quite a bit. So let's go race through these here. One of the things that came up late last week is Dragon Shields, uh, the brand that makes card covers and whatnot, uh, actually announced they're going to be doing some reimbursements. There's been talk for a while of the quality of Dragon Shield sleeves not being great. People have talked about how sleeves are miscut, stuff sleeves are breaking, packs don't have a full hundred sleeves, just all kinds of things. And this has been going on for a little bit, you know, it not... I wouldn't say forever, but, you know, within the last 12 to 24 months, it's been pretty consistent. You've seen complaints from people and they finally just acknowledge it and said, hey, we figured out what some of the problems were. We're going to try to make right on them. And if you're one of the people that are affected, they have some instructions on their site. You can email and get a reimbursement. Now, I don't know if that means like if you can prove with receipts that you bought 10 packs of sleeves, they're going to give you 10 or if it's just like a courtesy. Thank you for putting up with it. Here's one pack of sleeves. Pick your color. I have no idea. But the fact that they're even doing reimbursements is kind of cool. Because a lot of times when companies have major issues like this, they just kind of say like, hey, we're acknowledging the complaints. We know we had some problems. Here's what we're doing to make it better. And that's kind of it. Because if you think about it, just in shipping fees alone, this is probably going to cost them $100,000. So credit to Dragon Shields, because it's actually kind of nice for a company to do, to be honest. Yeah, I mean, that's part... I remember a few years ago when Domino's advertising campaign was, hey, we know we suck, we're working on it. And I mean, self-awareness a lot of times goes a long way, you know? Yeah, and it's not like Domino's was giving you free pizzas. No. <laughs> you know, they were just saying, hey, we know we effed up. Give us a couple months, we're going to get right. So, I mean, you know, when when the elephant is <laughs> back to animals, yeah, acknowledge it, you know, when you, when you know your company is effed up. And again, as you talk about, people have been especially in this era of social media yeah people talk 
if you put out a bad product, whether it's sleeves, pizza, you know, uh, short sleeve shirts, what have you, people will talk to each other. And at that point, yeah, you got to address it. True. Oh, speaking of, we have some other entry news for a company that tried to do right. Because we did mention a couple weeks ago that Twitch had that whole issue go down with Atrioc and the deep fakes of different female streamers. And it just, that was just a bad situation all the way around. Supposedly, Twitch put out a thing saying they are putting new things in place to deal with deep fakes as a whole. And especially ones that are targeting other creators. So that's actually really cool. But then you said there was actually some other news around this that I didn't know about. Yeah, uh... Brandon Atrioc Ewing, who unfortunately for him is the face of this uh, this deep fake scandal, kind of. He's the person that that accidentally, you know, had it on had it on his computer while he was just deep deep fakes of numerous women streamers who he is actually friends and has done work with, and he he returned, I guess, apparently this week. And basically announced that in addition to, you know, obviously his multiple apologies, he has tried to put some of his money where his mouth is and has donated $60,000 to a legal, it's a Morrison Rothman, it's an LA based law firm. And apparently they're one of the law firms that is going to be one of the leaders. They've been recommended by people that this unfortunately happened to in terms of trying to figure out, find who's putting out the, these deep fake things, who's doing this and tried to actually make them make them liable legally. And it's, I mean, it's hard work because as we mentioned when we first talked about the story, there's, you know, uh, I, there's only, I think, two or three states that even have any laws that address this situation. So we're, the laws are being written right now in real time in terms of trying to get ahead because obviously technology almost always moves faster than law does because technology tends to go very fast while the law moves often at a snail's pace it can take you know years to get one one bill through through and you know your even your local state legislature so yeah this we we you know we can't know what's in what this guy's motivation is what's in his we'll never know how truly sorry he is you know we're not in his head we're not in his heart but this is at least a tangible thing he can do to try to, to to try to make right for some of the things that he's done yeah, and to his credit, I mean, you know, what he did was wrong, obviously, but to, to his credit, $60,000 is a real number. Yeah. I mean, even if you do make decent money doing whatever you do, like 60000 is no chump change. That That's a, a good year's salary for some people. You know, so he's, he's putting real money up. I This is the type of action, though, where it's easy for people to say, well, he doesn't really care. He's just doing this to save face or whatever, which he might be. Yeah, but this is like the first step where you start watching other actions, right? Because I said off the air, like if he decides to, like, let's say he does this, and then a month from now we see where he's just bad mouthing some women uh, for no good reason or talking yeah. crap about them on, on his next stream or whatever, right? Or accidentally streams some more <laughs> deep fake porn. Yeah, exactly. Right. Account, you know? Turns out he's got more than he had before, or whatever. Right? right. Then it's like okay, so then this was just lip service or whatever. But if and he does this, if it, yeah. and, he, and he takes up a couple more causes, and he supports a couple more people, and you, after a point, you kind of have to go, okay, he did realize it was wrong, and he's truly trying to make right. So I'm I'm okay with this. I think this is a good start. And you know, even if this, even if this is the only thing that he does, it's 
sadly, it's a lot more than so many people have done after they've gotten caught doing to. I mean, Michael David Lynch comes to mind. Yeah, you know? yeah. But Not only, you know, didn't really do much to to make good, but actively would ban people from his uh, YouTube chat if they mentioned his past transgressions. Yeah. So, I mean, this is one of those ones where I said, like, hey, something messed up happened, but somebody is taking real actions to show contrition. And, and let's be honest, if we look at the track record of what has happened to straight white males who have been caught doing dumb stuff the history shows us all this guy would have to do is wait five or six months come back and sadly not that many people would be t- he'd have a rough probably first two or three weeks but history has shown us that it is really yeah <laughs> truly he could have just laid low for a couple of months yeah so yeah good on him but that thing we referenced at the top of the show there's a very interesting lord of the ring thing that's coming So as part of the first look for Lord of the Rings, they showed quite a few interesting things. Uh, one of the things is that there's going to be soul rings that were designed after the poem in the book about the three rings for the elves, the seven rings for the dwarves, and the nine rings for men, right? Which is pretty cool. They're all going to have like the yeah. elvish text. They're also going to be proportionate to the number that there are in existence as far as rarity. So there's going to be uh, 3,000, 7,000, and 9,000 of the regular f- version of those available that can be found in packs, but then only 10% of those numbers, so 300, 700, 900, will be available in the like the special foil, whatever they're calling it, right? So you're gonna have these cool chase cards you can get that one, they're soul rings, so people are gonna love playing with those anyway in their commander decks, so you know those are gonna be worth something. Cool chase cards thematic to the actual books and story itself, which is kind of neat. But that, of course, also means that there's also the one ring for Saruman. And I joked about this a while back because, you know, we saw the serialized cards for the Brothers War and we knew there was going to be Lord of the Rings. I was like, dude, how crazy would it be if Wizards actually just did a one-of-one ring? Well, I'll I'll just be damned if, if those MFers didn't do it. We're getting a one of one special foil, the one ring. Now, there will be other versions of that that you can open up and play with. And honestly, there's going to be a couple of versions. So you're probably able to get one for 50 cents to a dollar or whatever if you just need one for a deck. So that's cool. But man, a one of one, like this thing could realistically be north of 100K. That's, that's mind blowing. And I've had some people tell me, like, that's crazy. Like, there's other rare things and other sports cards and stuff that don't get that big. I was like, eh, some. Like, but understand that this is a case of, like, this isn't, like, the 15th version of a LeBron card. Right? This is the one time we are printing a one-of-one. And the truth is, the only other one-of-ones I know of, I don't think they've been on the market in 25-plus years. I think the world championship card, because that was one of the prizes for the first world champion in 94, I believe it was. I don't remember what the value was, but it wasn't anything crazy, because this is back before like Magic really took off, that I believe that was sold to somebody that knew that the winner somewhere along the line, you know, just selling off old stuff that they didn't care about anymore. 
And I know there's a, I believe it's called the Fukushikajin Dragon that's in Japan. And it's on display. And it's a one of one, but it's also never been on the market. So, like, I there's no real market to even say what these things go for. And we know Black Lotus is popular and rare. But if you go to a legacy event, there's probably 80 to 100 lotuses in that one room. Right. Right. So we know there's probably a couple hundred lotuses still floating around. We also know that, <laughs> oh, excuse me, Post Malone bought a lotus that I think was graded a nine or a 10 for, I think it was like $300,000, $400,000. Like he paid a lot of money for it. Yeah. And that's not even close to <laughs> a one of. Exactly. So even if this comes out of a pack and only grades a nine, doesn't even get a 10, you're talking about a one of one that everybody knows is a one of one. It's going to be instant news story, whatever. You could practically name your price for it, which is crazy. And I wouldn't be surprised if it goes f- for significantly more than 100K. Yeah, I mean, the things people got to realize, magic is, you know, it is whether you like it or you don't like it, as Flair would say, it is this the standard for collectible card gaming. Yeah. I mean, if that thing went for four or 500K, I wouldn't be shocked. Like, and, I'd be a little bit surprised, but not shocked. And it's magic crossing over the Lord of the Rings, which again, I mean, even, exactly. even your grandma's heard of Lord of the Rings. And, and that's since, the thing, because if you look at Twitter, that's that must have been like every third or fourth post I saw in discussion. And a lot of it was from people that don't even play magic. Right. So there's a lot of talk about this. And then and then there's the weird thing too, right? Because we see this happen in sports cards where there's like one of five you know, one of 10, whatever. And you, and it takes forever for you to even hear about one being open. So it's possible it doesn't get open. It's possible it's, it's, it does. And we never know true. about it. Right. According to our story last, uh, last week, it could end up in a landfill somewhere. Right? <laughs> yeah, right? But the, but the reality is somebody could open it and we just wouldn't know because there's some people that have social anxiety or they don't want all the attention, whatever. They're just going to be excited having it. And it's going to be in their collection. Or worse, you could, like uh, I saw this happen to somebody the other day. I think there was some kind of potato chip that if you if you pulled it, you could win a hundred thousand dollars or something. And the lady that pulled it had no idea the content was going on, and I think ate the thing. I, that's possible. <laughs> so somebody could pull this thing. You know, they're not on Magic Twitter. <laughs> they have no. Maybe you know they maybe they bought Magic cards because their friend told them the game was cool. Don't ever get around to opening them. You know, maybe they play it once. Don't like it. Don't ever touch the game again. It's oh, we, we some grandma could buy them for little Sally who just started right? playing Magic, and those things might just get shuffled up. No sleeves, right? <laughs> Still would be worth a pile because you know, but whatever. But yeah, that's a real thing that could happen. And boy, talk about missed opportunities. There's so many missed opportunities for this game. Raw Deal should have done this when uh when when BA Billy Gunn became the one oh, Billy yeah, Gunn. Yeah. Here here's another interesting thing too, and I thought about this. Like, what if six months goes by, we haven't heard about anybody opening it? Does everybody that has like collector boosters start looking at their stuff and going, hmm? Maybe I need to crack these. <laughs> you have to, right? And you got to do it on, you know, stream or on YouTube. Yeah, right. Does that become a thing? You know, because that, that, that's great content. That becomes the, you know, like everybody is it. Is it the, the Michael Jordan Fleers, the card? Yeah, ridiculously yeah. Expensive? yeah. People do. People do unboxings just try to crack uh, Fleer packs from 89 or whatever. So, I mean, maybe that's a thing. 
you know, this, is our, like, this could be our our Fleer eighty nine right here. But then, then the interesting thing is, we have people complaining about, oh, well, Wizards is just doing this for a money grab and blah blah. Okay, well, here's the thing: you don't want them to print overpowered cards, so you have like twenty, thirty dollar cards in standard all the time. You don't want them to not reprint cards because you want cards to be affordable. We want a cheaper barrier to entry, right? But they still need things that are collectible. They still need things that people want to buy. They still need things to get people to buy booster packs. So this is kind of like a good compromise. Right? If you want to basically chase the golden ticket, you can. If you just want to get a version of the one ring to play with, you can go pick one up for like a dollar. Right? It's a winning scenario for the players and for the collectors. And honestly, this whole idea with these other serialized, like, uh, I was going to say like nine rings, but I guess it's nine, seven, and 16, and other three is 19. So like the 19 rings or whatever it is, right? Like, that's actually kind of cool. And I, I had to check because, you know, my, my I was uh, having that, that senior moment. It's the 86 Fleer Michael Jordan. It's worth the ridiculous yeah, amount yeah. of money. So like that, that's, I think it's really neat that if you want anything in this set, just from a flavor perspective, you can get that. And you can play with it, you can collect it, you can have it. But if you want to have the super rare, cool things, there are things to chase down. Because you know there's going to be people that want one of each of the rings, right? They're probably obviously not going to get their hands on the one ring, but like, want one of the Ring of the Elves, Ring of the Dwarves, Ring of Man, right? Right. That's kind of cool. And that's worth chasing down. And those will probably still have some reasonable value. There's going to be box toppers in the set. So you can get some rare reprint stuff, like Wasteland they showed. Um... The Great Hinge, which I think is like 50 or $60 now. And that was only a couple of years old. So it's cool that's getting a reprint. So yeah, just lots of cool stuff in this set. So I don't have a problem I can't with tell that. you how many games of DC deck building I probably throw it away trying to recreate the cover where Hal Jordan has like a Green Lantern ring on all 10 of his fingers. Yeah, exactly. He's completely lost his mind. So yeah, I don't I don't have a problem with this. I, I think, and we've talked about this before. You know, I we've honestly think this is kind of the future direction for something like magic, right? If you want to still like secret layers still fit into that too, I guess, but you gotta have something that people can buy, invest, collect, whatever to keep the motivation and the publicity up. Because some people, as we talked about that, that's one of the the main buyers of cards of people that they just collect. They don't actually play, but you also need something that, people from Forbes or Kotaku or whatever yep. can talk about, right? If it's just like, oh, there's a new magic set and there's nothing expensive, nothing cool or interesting or whatever. It's just magic cards. That's not a story. But if you looked around the internet today, right? like this whole one of one ring thing has people speculating on value. There's polls up or yep. how much you think it's going to be worth. Like, are you going to buy extra to try to get it? Blah, blah. Like it's Between doing everything it's supposed to. Black Aragorn. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's literally doing everything it's supposed to to get people to talk about the set. And people ask me, like, well, that doesn't bother you that there's probably going to be a $100,000 card? I'm like, why? Like, the card could be worth zero or it could be worth half a million dollars. If I don't own it, it doesn't matter because I'm not going to pay either amount to get it. Like, so it doesn't matter. It literally has no value to me if I don't own it. And even then, I'm probably just going through the steps to get it graded hire somebody get a firm together and go sell it in an auction probably 
right? And this is, you know, content creator things, but it could easily make some content creator $100,000 without ever pulling it if their videos are good enough. Also true. The search for the card is going to be as valuable yeah. as finding the card itself, possibly. So, it, and that's God the, forbid somebody actually pull that thing while they're recording. Yeah, yeah. It. that thing's going to get a couple hundred. The video will make more money than the sale of the card. Easy. They're going to get a couple hundred views. It'll keep no generating views each month. Yep, because people just want to see it opened. Yep. So yeah, I, I don't see anything wrong with that. Like I, I think it's totally reasonable, hundred percent. Because again, it's the same way when people ask me if I know like what the value is of my most expensive comic book or whatever right now. I tell them no. And they're like, how do you not know? I said, because I don't bother looking it up. Because until I'm ready to sell them, they're basically paperweights sitting in a box. Like the value generally doesn't matter until I'm ready to move it in some way. And then I'll do my research or whatever. I know roughly, you know, but like it's a number that doesn't matter. Same thing on this card. If I don't own it and I'm not trying to sell it, it doesn't matter what it's worth. So be excited if you happen to be one of, well, the person, I was going to say one of the people, but just the person who opens it. If not, just be happy for the other person who got it. You know what? I hope genuinely it goes to somebody who's just got, I don't know, some spare money or their allowance or whatever, and they can just like use Charlie their, Bucket, basically. Yeah, like they can just use their money to help with a family issue, or maybe yeah. they need to fix their car, or they're trying to pay for school. I True. hope one of those people opens it. As much as it would be nice to open it myself, I hope somebody who's truly struggling opens up that damn card and changes their life. Honest to God. And I think that'd be awesome. But we'll see. We'll see. But I think it's a cool idea anyway. But uh, you told me something interesting that happened at a Smash tournament. Yeah, we've talked about, you know, what reopening the world, especially tournaments, is going to look like. We've already heard of, unfortunately, some cases where COVID spread uh, rapidly at conventions. And apparently a uh, Collision 2023 Smash Brothers tournament happened, I guess, this past weekend. And apparently they had an outbreak of the uh, norovirus, which apparently can cause symptoms that basically feel like food poisoning, where you'll have, you know, all sorts of, you know, unfortunately vomiting diarrhea all sorts of other intestinal symptoms they said yeah one one player said it was so bad they lost 10 pounds in seven hours and apparently and apparently they obviously they had the mask restriction i say obviously not everybody's having mask restrictions they had restrictions, but apparently norovirus isn't airborne it's more touch you know what do you call I, i forget the medical term surface transmission or whatever i think but uh Obviously, at the fighting game tournament, the Smash Bros. tournament, you probably, you know, pass control. Or even if you, everybody brings their own controller, at some point, it's the, you might, you know, fist bump, <laughs> touch another controller. Any number of things could happen, and apparently did happen, because several people apparently caught this virus. Dude, this is one of those things we talked about on the show. Like, especially for fighter game tournaments, because you have to handle the same controls and other stuff. But we're like, vigilant about wiping stuff down. Yeah, like you have to be washing your hands, carrying hand sanitizer for this very reason. Plus, uh, people that don't play fighting games probably don't realize, but especially you're at a whole tournament eight hours a day. Uh, you're going to sweat like, mm-hmm. like you're actually fighting somebody. <laughs> it, it, mm-hmm. It's especially the, 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 those final rounds or, or what could be your final round in terms of staying in the tournament. We call these matches sweat fest for a reason. Dude, <laughs> just some like, of those ballrooms with a couple hundred yeah. people in there get a little little steamy. 
You know, like I, yeah, that doesn't surprise me at all. Yeah, it sounds like Collision did everything right in terms of COVID protocols, but another thing we've tried to mention, like COVID is not now, nor has it ever been the only virus out there. Oh, yeah, yeah. Like that, that's the thing I think people forget sometimes. It's like, set COVID aside, like, you know, hell, we've had a doctor on here, you know, to tell us because everybody's taking COVID precautions, we've seen less issues with all these other things, all these other viruses. Right. So there is a positive. So it comes from it. Sadly, people get a little lax, which is what it sounds like at the smash tournament. And you start spreading something around when you've got that many people in close contact. I mean, I imagine that stuff spread well, probably over the course of lax. like, I think people just didn't. Cause who knows? I just found out about norovirus today. That was another, what did I learn? So yeah. You, you oh, I knew even... that was a thing, but dude, I even the couple of events I went to recently, you know, the magic con, whatever, both in my backpack, and in my smaller bag that I carried my uh, commander decks in, I have a thing of hand sanitizer. I used it before I started games. I use it after I was done with games. <laughs> like, yeah. just so I wasn't spreading stuff on other people's stuff. And I didn't know where your stuff has been. So I'm going to make sure I use it before I put my stuff away. Right? So I'm just not putting those germs in my bags in my backpack or whatever. It's just one of those things. I, like, we, that's just the world we live in now. Yeah. Right. We, it sucks. But you, we honestly, we probably should have been doing it to begin with, but yeah, we have to be more vigilant about it now. You you often saw people overseas doing it and mm-hmm. you know, Americans would be American. Like, where are you doing? And that's not American. And yeah, Dude, it's the thing we all probably, when we were, probably think when we'd I was be doing at that. Card Kingdom, we had people like we, because you get collections from everywhere, right? Yeah. People would bring stuff from like an old dusty storage room or, like cards that managed to survive some like flood situation or whatever. And I oftentimes would not let my team, I was like, get you some gloves, get you a mask. Right. Like, we don't know where these been. We don't know how moldy they are. You know what it like, right. make sure you're covering and protecting yourself. So even in those scenarios, we were already doing it. So, you know, yeah. just apply that to other things. And see you, you again, one of the good ones. Cause I can't tell you how many times I see some people dive into the collection. Yeah. They didn't think of it. I probably didn't think of it. <laughs> oh no, no. I, there's many times I would dive into a collection, but I definitely was washing my hands or looking for hand sanitizer afterwards. Yeah. Cause there's some that like, you can feel them when you're going through, you're like, yeah. Mm. Like, even if I need to like rub my face, I'm using the back of my hand. Cause I'm like, <laughs> I, I know how bad yeah. it is what I'm touching right now. Especially when you get the ones that come from, uh, like, they're all dusty and they smell like smoke. And you're just like, oh, uh, yeah. like, you know, it's bad. <laughs> Lafty, low down, greedy and grimy. <laughs> yep. The, the sad thing about all this, though, is it feels like the Smash community has been having problems for, like, the better part of two years now. now you're not wrong. Like, they just cannot catch a break. There's problems it's, it's with more, players. It's more than two years. I remember it because I think Gamertail's been, yeah. been gone by the wayside for better than 10 years now and i remember writing stories of gamer tell like oh nintendo done effed up again <laughs> oh but dude even beyond that they've had players they've had to ban for different things there's been yeah, harassment issues you know there's that held you had companies fighting over who can stream different games and who can't like and then when they finally it looked like they got everything worked out you have a big event and then now everybody gets sick it's just like yeah Man, that's a that's a tough community to be part of right now. They unfortunately have, you know, been kind of the just that <laughs> everything seems like they can go wrong in a gaming space has unfortunately gone wrong in their space, which is a shame because the community is incredible. The community, as I've said before, is often 
better at running the game and running tournaments than Nintendo is. That's where some of the problems come from. And then, yeah, things like this happen. And yeah, it's just tough, it's man. Unfortunate because there are some, you know, we've actually been to a couple of tournaments because uh, my son, you know, aspires to play competitively and God stuff like this just, you know, <laughs> scares the ever loving. By the way, them turning that Arlington Convention Center down there into an esports arena. Yeah, that was a it's kind of nice. That's actually where we played at. And yeah, it is a great facility. Yeah, if y'all are down in the Dallas area and you want to mm-hmm. just go see what esports games can be like in their presentation, that's a pretty quality space. It really like when I heard they were gonna do it, I'm like, ah, I don't know about this or whatever. But then when you finally see it for the first time, you're like, hey, you know, they did all right. Like, good on them. But all right, let's talk about one last thing on the way out here on the dinner table because one of the things that started to pop up on socials today, mostly because of the the Middle Earth Lord of the Rings news, is what IP or IPs, there could be plural, would you like to see crossed over with Magic or D&D? Because I have a feeling we're going to have some different answers for this. Okay. Who, who's going first? Uh, okay, I, I can tackle this first. Because... As the show's guns on, I sort of thought about it, and I think I kind of want one just for the growth of magic. And I think if they really want to do it, an easy one I think is League of Legends. Yeah, and I mean it's obviously you know magic and sorcery type. Yeah, team. you you can take like the ten most popular characters or whatever, turn those into a thing, do a secret layer sort of thing, or if you want to just make hell a couple of commander decks based around yeah. some of them. That would be cool because they've, they've already fleshed out stories on them and they've got, yeah. oh, I don't know, like a hundred champions to pick from or whatever. Right. So yeah, like, their lore is phenomenal. Yeah. There's plenty to work with. I think that would be an easy slam dunk. You got a whole community. They that already have a very diverse character base because that's something they, from the beginning, realized they needed to do. Yeah. I think that would actually be really, really cool. Cause I mean, yeah, there's like the arcane thing and whatever, but like really just honing in on like highlighting the Legion of Legends characters individually, I think could be an, an easy one. Though I still think the Fortnite one coming might be okay for them too, because Fortnite's pretty big. I don't know. Yeah, it is huge. I mean, it is really one of the most popular videos, if not still the most popular, definitely one of the most popular games in the world. Yeah. Now, from a personal thing, I would like to see something from like one of the 80s cartoons I think would be fun. Like if and you could do, if you could do like a He-Man, you know, in that universe would be kind of cool because there's a lot of characters to pick from. Like a GI Joe would be kind of neat. But yeah, like, and I mean Hasbro has all of that. Exactly, right? that's what I'm saying. Like, so these are doable. Like these are like, yeah. So I'm sure, yeah, surely He-Man and GI Joe are probably in the works. Yeah, you're only like one step away, right? If they don't own it, Transformers, they can get access to it, right? Like, right. so I'm kind of into it, and then. Like the crazy one that'll probably never happen, mostly because sports card deals and whatever, is it would be cool to have a secret layer with like the NFL teams represented. Which would be bananas, but it'll never happen. <laughs> or for, for the probably three or four people that actually remember that comic book, NFL Super Pro. <laughs> no, that was a, so bad. <laughs> that was terrible. I'm glad that was short-lived. But I, I still would love to see him show up like just for events and stuff, just because of how random it I was. I mean, we could have a 33rd card, and it could be NFL Super Pro. 
If you're listening out there, I want to say it was Marvel. Bring back NFL Super Pro. <laughs> but those those are my picks. I, I think really the '80s throwback oh, and, and the Lord of the, yeah. uh, the League of Legends are probably the easiest ones. Yeah. So what do you got? I would say it's a kind of a twofer, but because one is a parody of the other, I would want Conan and I want Gru because Gru is, of course, uh, an excellent parody of Conan the Barbarian. Oh, that's interesting. That's a good and call. And both out. of those, and they fit because you know swords, sorcery, barbarians, the whole. You you could again, it could be actual set. That I don't think they're going to do that universe of beyond. But I mean, if you want to weave it in there, let's yeah. say there are, it would play well with everything because it's based on sword, sorcery, and you know medieval type setting. Man, it's funny you say that because I think Conan can carry its own, but I think if you did Gru, it wouldn't go over as well. But if you did Gru as part of the deal with Conan, yeah, because everybody knows that's you know riffing on Conan. Yeah, I think you could pull it off that way. Like if you did, however, you did your presentation of Conan stuff, but you had like one or two callouts to Gru. Yeah, I think you could make that happen. Like, man, if you had a counter spill for Gru, you know, did I air? Yeah, exactly, something <laughs> like that. Yeah, I, I think you could get away with it. It's like that was his. Uh, you know, he was. Did I do that before Urkel came up with? Did I do that? Yeah, that that's a good one. I don't think I'd have thought about that. That's that's a pretty good call out too. And Conan as a whole, I think, has a lot of fantasy basis stuff. Right. That actually, honestly, that might even be a good D and D crossover. Yeah. Just do a Conan source book. Because he's got all the same, you know, classes, bards, barbarians. Exactly. I think that could be pretty cool. People would, I bet you that would go over well. I don't know how expensive the Conan license is these days, because you don't hardly see it on much, but that that would be a cool one. I think if if Wizards came talking, they'd probably listen and, hey, you know, just just Brian DeQuan, just like, you know, a slight cut. Oh, yeah. I'm just thinking, like, I don't know like how much it would cost versus the popularity of the book sales. Because if it's not an expensive license, I say just slam dunk it and go for it. Like just take a chance. But if it's one of those ones that like, I don't know, you have to pay some big percentage or like a million dollars up front or whatever. Like I probably wouldn't do it. Yeah. Immediately, you know, they they have done more movies, but that whole attempt to reboot it didn't take off. Exactly. Which is wild because it was Jason Momoa. You you would figure that. Oh yeah. It's been, but you know, Man, by the way, I know some people who've had to work with him. And, you know, I guess they were like his handler when he's doing certain stuff or whatever. Dude just walks around and acts like he does not know he's a celebrity sometimes. (laughs) Which is amazing. Like, he's literally just like, hey, we should just go out and get this. And they're like, bruh, Uh, you're going to make a crowd. Like, you know who you are, right? uh, And he just goes and hangs out with people and takes Like, just lives life the way he wants to live. Like, Yeah, I mean, anybody that's a superhero is going to collect a crowd. Oh, dude, this is even before he was a superhero. Like, the stories I've heard is apparently his studio had to talk with him because he just, you know, he goes out and, like, skydives and does, like, axe throwing and all this crazy stuff. Yeah. And they're like, dude, we can't have you risking getting hurt. <laughs> like, right. you're, you're worth, like, $100 so this was, I guess this was Game of Thrones era? I think so. I think so. Okay. Hey, well, at that point, when I say superhero, I would include Game of Thrones. Okay. They're basically, <laughs> they're not costume superheroes, but, yeah, they are. But I appreciate that about him, though. Just like, yeah, yeah, sure, you have some celebrity, but you're not going to let that stop you from just mingling with the commoners and living your life. Like, you just go do what you want to do, man. That doesn't, everything I've heard about him, that doesn't surprise me at all. Really. <laughs> Dude sounds like a good time to hang out with. 
Like, I mean, anybody you know that gets to gets to be married to Lisa Bonet for even a little while has got to you would figure have multiple things going for him. Oh, dude, not but like even I went and looked. He has some stuff on like his social media where he's just like doing tricks on motorcycles and just like like dude. And I know that has to make his agents and studios just like right. cringe every time they see it. And then in addition to that, like him and Lenny Kravitz apparently hang out and her buddies, even though they were both married to Lisa Bonet. And like, when do you ever see that happen? Dude, just That's living just, a good life, man. When they talk yeah, about you, living you pure, there you go. <laughs> yeah, you and, and you, well, now your ex-wife's ex-husband just hanging out. Who does that? Jason Momoa and Lenny Kravitz. That's who. Oh, man. All right. On that note, let's wrap things up and tell everybody where they can find you on social media. All right, I am Brian Sonic on Twitter, YouTube, Instagram, and our family channel on YouTube is Allen's Ever After. And you can find me just about everywhere at Power Dragon, P-O-W-R-D-R-A-G-N. And by the time you're listening to this, you can probably come find me this weekend at the Hunter Burton Memorial Open, where we're raising money to stop suicide, so that's awesome. And you can find me down at the Orlando Command Fest in April. But otherwise, wherever you're listening, whenever you're listening, good morning, good afternoon, good evening, and good night. Please remember to take care of yourselves and your family, and remember to be awesome, and most importantly, be awesome to each other. If you'd like to further support Color of Magic, you can find us on our website at colorofmtg.com. We also have a Patreon if you'd like to donate, other patreon.com slash colorofmagic. You can also find us on Facebook under Color of Magic. And if you want to follow us along at Twitter, you can find us there at colorofmtg. And as always, please share the podcast around to your friends, your network, people you think might enjoy it because every little bit helps as we're trying to increase our user base 